We are in the middle of the 23rd Psalm. Today we are focusing on verse 4. And we are coupling that with the words of Jesus from John 17. I invite you, as you are able, to stand for today's scripture lessons. Psalm 23:4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And there was a time in Jesus' ministry when he knew that he was leaving this world and leaving his flock, and so he did what any good shepherd would do. He prayed for them, a prayer of protection. Listen for the word of the Lord. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, for the words that you gave me I have given to them, and they received them, and know in truth that I did come from you, and you have believed that you sent me. I'm asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All of mine are yours, and all of yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. So, Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one was lost except the one destined to be lost so that Scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. As the story is told, there were a couple of people watching a man drive a herd of sheep up the middle of a town on Main Street, and one of them scratched his head, and he turned to the other, and he said, I thought shepherds led sheep from the front. If they were in this sermon series, they would know that. I didn't know that they were driven with a whip in this case. And, and the other fellow said, they are led, they are driven. That's what shepherds do, but that's not the shepherd. That's the town butcher <laughs> running after those sheep. Being a sheep is difficult, but the one thing that sheep know is the difference between a shepherd and a butcher, <laughs> because one comes to give life, the other comes to take life. One of the driving questions for this entire series that I've asked you to consider is how do you see God? Do you see God as, as someone who seeks to bring life, to provide all of the provisions that we need and all of the protection that we need, or do you see God as punitive? Someone who seeks to take these things is waiting for us to mess up so that like Zeus, I suppose, a lightning bolt can come down and zap us. How you see God determines so much about the pathways you will take in life. How do you see God and how do you relate to the flock? And for purposes of today, as we think about verse 4, how do you manage life with God and with one another when we find ourselves in life's valleys? 
and in life's shadows, and in the grips of even death itself. The valleys and death and shadows are all of the places that seek to rob us of our joy, to rob us of our breath, to rob us of life itself, to rob one's joy, to squelch out, for example, the voices of kindness and mutuality. The valleys of, of life, they, they have on either side of them caverns of cruelty and snares of selfishness and predators of pettiness. In the valleys, we are to fear no evil that seeks to rob life from us. Because if, if, if we learn anything from this psalm, we learn that no matter the depth of the valley, no matter the degree of darkness, we are never what? Alone. Exactly. In the valleys, do not fear. And do not fear the valleys. Well, I lay all of that alongside the year 2020. <laughs> right? I hear that, David. I hear you, Jesus, protecting a, uh, offering a prayer of protection over your disciples then and now. But what about 2020? I, you know, I wonder, you know, John's gospel spoke very clearly to the disciples of the day, but it, it, his gospel is one that sort of transcends time and, and space in, in that particular mysterious way. And so I wonder if he had in the back of his mind when he said, Lord, protect them, 2020's coming. You know, I wonder if he's thinking about that. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadows, the shadow of death itself, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Those are the most hope-filled, comforting words that any of us can hear at any juncture in life. And when we read those words, what do you hear about the nature of God? When you hear Jesus praying for his little vulnerable flock of disciple sheep, what are you hearing and reading about God? When you hear about one of King David's descendants, his name was Jesus, 2,000 years later on a cross saying, why, my God, have you forsaken me? I feel so all alone. Even in that deep, dark valley, in that kind of silence, we are told by the psalmist, we are not alone. And it's interesting to me, I've discovered that the very centerpiece, almost like the buckle of this psalm, is verse 4. In the Hebrew, as I'm told, there's 26 words prior to verse 4 and 26 Hebrew words after verse 4, and the very center point of the entire psalm are these four words, you are with me. David's entire language changes. No longer are we talking about the shepherd, we're talking about personal pronouns. You, Lord, you were with me in the dark valleys and the shadows of which we do not go around. It says, even though I walk, how? Through the valley, right? There's this element of the Christian faith as we are figuring out how to relate to God and to one another 
It's a call to action, really, that, that we don't get the luxury of going around the valley. That there's something to be learned about going through the valleys and the shadows of life and even death itself. How many of you have learned more from adversity than you have from great things that have happened? I have. When I fall flat on my face, I learn a whole lot more about God and about people and about myself. Shepherds, uh, as I have also discovered, they take their flocks into the high country during the summer. The, the terrain becomes so scorched and so uh, depleted, the greenery begins burning up as it does around here if we don't water our lawns enough in July and August. So shepherds make this migration into the highlands with their flocks. And any shepherd worth his or her salt is going to take that flock, but is going to go ahead of them in case there's a road washed out or in case there are predators, whatever the danger might be. There is nowhere the flock will be led that the shepherd has not already been. And for some of the sheep making this trek, it's their very first go-around. It's their very first time leaving something that is familiar and, and going up into the mountains. What, what's up there? How do we get there? We have to follow the shepherd's voice and trust. For others, they make the same journey year after year after year. And, and I want to press pause there because I'm reminded that so often in life, those who have been through the valley, have been through the shadows, have been through even death itself, can walk alongside somebody who's making that journey for the very first time, and it can be a very beautiful, beautiful thing. As autumn approaches, as it is here, and as the snows approach, which that's not happening here, the shepherd will lead the flock back down in a very methodical way, back down to the winter area where they will graze. And during the winter months, during the winter months in the valley and in the shadows of winter, the shepherd begins giving very intimate, one-on-one -on -one care day and night to every single sheep in the flock. As if to say, no matter the depths, no matter the degree of darkness, no matter how long this season of winter lasts in your life, I'm right here with you. Up in the summer, down in the winter, year after year after year. And the harshness of winter spent in the valley will require complete trust of the shepherd by the sheep if the sheep want to survive. Hear that again. The darkness and the depths of the valley will require complete trust of the sheep, of the shepherd, if the sheep are to survive. And so it's this image, from this image, from this tradition of shepherding that David writes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadows, even of death itself, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me where? Home, yeah. This past week, we've had several deaths. Uh, ben just read them on our hospital concerns list. We have members here who have lost their parents, spouse, a sibling, 
There's a lot of death and shadows and valleys that have made their way to First Methodists this past week, these past seven months. These families are in a valley right now. But in preparing for this week's uh, worship service and sermon, I have been able to share with each of them that they are not alone, that no matter the depth, no matter the degree of darkness, God is with them. The flock is with them. That's cause for great hope. I, I also ran across a story that Andrew Bonner wrote about in the Highlands of Scotland. He talked about the sheep and how often they would wander off and get into rocks and get into places where they couldn't get out. They would, they would get up to the mountaintops, out of the valleys and up to the mountaintops where they thought everything was, was safe and, and calm, but they would see a, a patch of grass just down there and they would hop 10 or 12 feet down there. Well, then they couldn't get back up and they would bleat to the shepherd and the shepherd would hear them bleating and our inclination when someone is in need or when a sheep is in need, we go running over there and, and try to meet that need and, and rescue that sheep immediately. The problem, though, is to run over there too expeditiously would scare the sheep. We talked about that two weeks ago. They're, they're frenetic. They're scared. And the sheep would, would go falling off the cliff to sure and certain death. Do you know what the shepherd would do in that scary, fearful, valley kind of experience? He would let the sheep become completely exhausted so that he could then go over there and, and use his crook, his rod and his staff, maybe a rope, to bring that, that sheep up in its most vulnerable moment of weakness. And it reminds me of, a, of an adage, a quote that we've heard around our household now for years, you know, when, when you hit rock bottom, you, sometimes you realize that God is the rock on the bottom, right? Like sometimes we have to stop trying so hard to save ourselves if we're going to allow the great shepherd to save us. You know what I mean? When in a valley, when in the shadows, and when something tries to rob you of your breath and your very life, what do you do? To whom do you turn? How do you respond? I want to conclude by noting that in as much as we think about Psalm 23.4 and the valleys of the shadow of death as actual dying and, and how we are not to fear death itself, we as, as people of faith, you know, faith over fear, Tyrone in the choir just, just sang about it. May my faith be greater than my fear. That is our great claim, yes? So we have no fear of death. We are ascending in this journey to new heights, to dwell on high with God forever and ever and ever and ever. We believe that about eternal life. I believe that about abundant life and heaven here on earth. But I also know, as you do as well, that life has different kinds of valleys and other kinds of shadows and other forms of death that are trying to rob our life from us. And I haven't... It's not lost on me. I've been praying a lot about this very thing this week because our country is so divided. 
we're so torn. We're told you've got to be on this side, you have to be on that side, and anybody who thinks or speaks or acts or does things different from you, they're your enemy. Why? And in so many ways, we, we're kind of walking through the valley of the, the shadow of, of death, of respect and decency and civility and mutuality, and, but we're God's people. We will fear no form of evil or divisiveness that's trying to rob us of our life because we are, we're not givers of the shadows and we don't keep people in the shadows. We're bearers of light. You know, there's no shadow that, that cannot be eradicated when the sun is at its highest peak. There's no shadow through which we are all walking right now that cannot be overcome when the Son of God is risen and on full display to saying, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. I want to invite you as, as we think about coming forward for communion right now, as you take this package, this, this body and this blood of Jesus Christ, that 2,000 years ago there were those who were trying to divide God's people, divide love and divide hope and divide joy. And so Jesus met with his disciples on the very... Uh, just a few hours before he would be broken and before his blood would be poured out. But that which the world intended to divide, God used to bring together. And though we are many, we are one. As we move forward, as we come to receive the communion and take this nourishment for our bodies and for our souls, and as we head back out into valleys and shadows and all these things trying to rob us of our very life and, and essence, you shake your fists at those things. You stand up and you throw your shoulders back and you raise your voice and you smile and you say, you are not alone. We are not alone. We, as the body of Christ, are bearers of hope and goodness and joy and so you take it out into the world and you take it into social media with you and you take it to the streets, you take it to the grocery store, that even though we walk through these valleys of shadows and even death itself, we will fear no evil for God is with us.